Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hope your Friday night is going well. Thanks for spending part of it here inside sports on 630 Chad. Don't forget, every Mondays at 7.30, we have the Double League Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic and Morley Scott. Scott Milanovic said it when the CFL season was shut down. He doesn't want the team to fade away and not be talked about, so he's going to be doing the show with Morley for a few weeks every Monday at 7.30, or if you miss it, you can go to the Double League Football Team page on 630Ched.com. Baseball playoffs tonight, Dodgers and Atlanta about to get underway. Atlanta's up 3-1 in the series, and Houston leading Tampa Bay 7-2 in the bottom of the seventh as we bring in Bob Stoffer. Houston scoring a lot of runs, Bob. Nothing to be suspicious about there. Nothing to see here. Move along. Well, Reed, you know, it's a little bit of a conspiracy theorist uh, approach there. Oliver Stone, obviously. Thank would you. Prob- would probably agree with you. And uh, what's it called? Canon? Is that it? Or QAnon? Uh, QAnon, oh, yes. Yeah, I, I didn't know that you were secretly doing some work for them as well. Of course we're going to be suspicious. How do we not be suspicious after what occurred with the Astros here the last couple seasons? Is that is that, is that the bit? And the, you and I, I think we, we, we talked to each other off air we mentioned it on here sometimes I, I think you and i don't follow baseball as much as we did maybe uh you know peak expos era of the 80s blue jays were awesome in the early 90s but i'm trying to think i guess the the new orleans uh the bounty scandal was a pretty big deal but that wasn't out and out like subverting sort of the spirit of the game like the astros did with the the signaling of the pitches yeah, I stopped uh, really. I, I mentioned this earlier on today's show, actually. I mean, I was a huge rotisserian in baseball. Like, in, mul- I was in multiple uh, fantasy pools in the late 80s, early 90s uh, when I was in school. And I just, uh, you know, you mentioned the Blue Jays. They won back-to-back World Series. The Expos were in first place in 94. And... Uh, boom they just stopped the season and you know what after that i lost interest and that's right around the time i really started getting into college football so there you know has its own stories to get to which i do have a quiz for stoffer question Uh-oh. around college football and, the, and just just to Uh-oh. kind of bs about this but it's funny because the astros were awful for several years i mean they were yeah. you know unfortunately similar to what the oilers went through last place yeah. 100 losses and as they got good, I, I think a lot of people were sort of pulling for them to get good and overcome the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Dodgers of the world. And now they're despised, right? They were this little team that could and built up, and now everybody hates them. It's just it's ironic how it turned out. Yeah, I do think, though, that there are certain aspects of baseball that are conducive to a little bit of cheating. And the old saying is, if you ain't uh, cheating, you ain't trying. Uh, so... Uh, now, was it the Houston Astros or was it the Kansas City Royals that Sports Illustrated wrote the piece about like four years before they won saying, meet your 2017 or 2018 uh, World uh, Series? I think it was the Astros. I, I think it was, was the Astros. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the, the comparable to Edmonton, I mean, Houston's a smaller market team. Um, Edmonton was a smaller market. That's what's hilarious, Reed. When, when, when you had the guys, some of the media people come to town, 
they're not actually aware, Reed, today that Edmonton is not a small market team. By not not since the 0405 lockout, the Oilers since the start of the 0506 season have been one of the 10 or 11 teams that have contributed to revenue sharing all but one year, which also speaks volumes to why hockey's way more important than Canada, and why. And Brian Burke was on yesterday's show, and he said it. He said, uh, Reed, he said, uh, you know what? I'm not worried about hockey needs to play. And it's number one in Canada, and, you know, it's not going to have a problem getting a stranglehold back in Canada, but it needs to play for some of the Sunbelt markets. It's a real interesting comment. Well, and I used that clip off the top of the show, Bob, and I did want to go down that road with you because we've seen, we've lost the CFL for this season. Uh, We'll see what happens with the Western Hockey League. They have the target date. I hope they get a season in. I hope they get a Memorial Cup. And And I talked about U Sports in the context that, the you and I, I think, talk about U Sports more than the average broadcaster in Canada. And not that we talk about it every day, but you and I, you know, love the U of A. We have connections there. We're honest about the teams, but we hope they do well. And that's what worries me about U Sports. And I know a university environment is is different. It's not just there solely for sports, but I think sports are important for morale and prestige of a campus. And it worries me. And we're going to have Owen Dawkins from from the wrestling program later because they were going to host nationals, and now they're not going to. So there's something that would have got at least some coverage that now won't. Uh, like I'm just, U Sports is going to go away. And for a lot of people, they might only watch the Vanier Cup and the University Cup final in a year. Now now they're not even going to watch that. And that concerns me when, when campus life gets going again, U Sports gets going again. Or some people just going to say, yeah, I didn't even miss the, the little bit that I engaged with anyway. It concerns well, me. Yeah, people, and it makes sense that it concerns you. People weren't caring before, Reed. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. They care less now than they did 12 to 15 years ago. I've certainly noticed the difference. What I would say to you is I think back to being a 20-year-old kid, being at uh, the Agricom, watching the Golden Bears win the 1986 National Championship, and Myra Horowitz being handed the University Cup, and he was in tears. He was a president of school, and it meant the world to him as a president of the University of Alberta to see the Golden Bears hockey team win the National Championship. That's that's 34 years ago, and I'm here to tell you that I, I personally believe that most administrators around the country, um, they view university athletics in Canada like... A glorified campus rec except it's expensive they literally see it as intramurals and so that is at the level of the presidents of the there's and the entire student body has changed reed what some people might be interested in you've got a very different makeup of students today you've got some very strong views that maybe weren't as strong uh, I, I think it's fair to say most campuses have moved significantly to the left over the last 20 years. And a lot of those people, uh, and they're allowed to have their views and opinions. I, I still think universities should be uh, open-minded and accepting more than one or two views. I'm not sure that's always the case anymore. But a lot of those people don't actually give a flying you-know-what about sport. And so uh, their work, they, they got an internal battle on campus that's been going on it's been worsening over the years and it's only going to get worse off the years and read i mean i did a show called total sports from 2003 to 2008 and we looked at every 15 minute segment as to how to improve that show and one of the things that came to fruition was more oilers 
and less university coverage and even less double E coverage at that time. It's just the reality, you know, in order to drive listenership, we're going to have to talk more Oilers. And right now you got listeners saying, Stoffer, shut up about the U of A and tell us about the Edmonton Oilers. And that's well, kind of... Well, I know. I, but but I, I do think it's important that, that you and I, I, I talk yeah. about it because, and I'm not trying to toot our own horns here, I just think you and I have stayed connected to it. And I think we care it, about it and we know we know stuff about it, right? So it, well, it, it's... Yeah. Reed, I still go, like, when I go, I probably go to three to four games a year, and when I'm in town and I go to a game after the game, I go out with Ian and uh, Stan Marple, and I, I, you know, those guys were playing when I was doing the games. I was the same age as them. I have the utmost respect for them. Ian's completely overqualified to be coaching at that level. I mean, the U of A has an AHL caliber, caliber head coach as a head coach of their hockey team. That alumni demands... Uh, through the guys that come through their program, that they demand men to grow up in a hurry and be mature and be terrific citizens. And it, I can tell personally, it really helped me out. And I'm always going to have a lot of passion for it. Bob Stoffer joining us on Inside Sports. Oilers now noon to two every day on six thirty. Chad, okay, uh, and I, thanks. You know, good stuff there with Brian Burke. Like I said, I used that clip earlier. You got a great uh, stable of guests you have on throughout the week. Uh, Elliot's always informative. You know, was Elliot taking a break for a while? Was this his last Friday think, for a bit? I think a few of these guys are going to be taking a break over the right. next five five to six weeks. All right. Well, in, in, anyway, uh, it's always fun to listen to your show. And, yeah, we've been talking a lot about the orders. You and I did a, a four-and-a-half-hour draft show through the weekend. We saw Barry added. We saw Turris added. We saw Ennis come back. We saw Smith come back. And, and Pooley Arvey maybe was the biggest story out of the two days uh, on, on the draft. L- let me put it to you this way. I, uh, I've, I've heard bits and pieces of your show. I haven't heard much of specific discussion uh, about a potential tourist pooley Arvey connection. Yeah. Is that... Is Turris going to be in a situation, a mentorship situation at all, do you think? Possibly. Reed, what I think has to happen is Edmonton has to be better five-on-five because I don't think they can replicate what they did in special teams last year. So they have, I think they have a better chance of more success. Like, what if they go, what if they go with Innes along with Turris and Poliarvi as sort of a third attacking line? Uh, and Archibald right now would play in the top nine because they got so many right wings. Archibald would play on the left side with either McDavid or most likely with McDavid and possibly Cassie to start the year. So yes, I have Turris with Pulley mentorship role. I'm help, I'm hoping Yessa has matured a bit, but, uh, you know, Turris is looking to bounce back as well. And Turris knows what it's like to have great expectations on him and he got traded. At a time that he was playing for Dave Tippett, he got traded in one of the worst trades uh, made. David Runblad in the second for Kyle Turris, and Turris became a, a pretty good player for Ottawa. So possible, I would say. Do you think? What about you? Do you think he's there to be a, a bit of a mentor for Paul uh, uh I think I think a little bit, and I think probably just more more leading by example. And Turris is going to have to step in a situation there where he's producing offense, but as I've said millions of times with Pulleyarvi, do the little things away from the puck. Right? Right, back check, take a hit to get the puck out of the blue line. I think Turris understands that's going to have to be part of his role, playing behind Drysdale. On like, if Kyle Turris, if you look at his point per game totals the last couple of years with Nashville, Bob, that's fine if he does that with the Oilers, right? He doesn't have to get 0.8 points per game. 0.45, 0.5 is fine, and and do all those little things. And you know, was it McClellan that always said you got to drag your teammates into the fight sometimes? 
maybe, you know, drag Puli Arvey into some yeah. of those situations so he can be effective when the puck's not on his stick. That's how, how that's how I see that relationship. I don't know how much of that is inherent in Taurus's personality. Uh, it's funny, the year he got the 27 goals, he got a bunch of goals as a right shot on the left hash, on the, uh, on the 1-3-1 formation on the power play, where he can really hammer the, you know, he can shoot the pills. So I'll be intrigued to see. I do think he could be a decent, uh, put it this way, the Oilers have better options at forward than they had last year. They have quicker options, better skating options than they had last year. Again, it's going to be difficult to replicate the special teams numbers. Well, I okay, I'm going to I actually think they can replicate or exceed the power play numbers, Bob. This, this, was, the, the, they're 29 and a half. Was that not they, the best? Reed, was that not the best power play in 40 years? And why can't it be better with the same guys and Tyson? <laughs> Bailey? Well, I don't know what's going to happen with the chase on Neil roll or Yamo or whatever. No, I'm serious. Like why, why can't it be better? Why can theory. it not be around a third? I have a theory on Chason and Neil. Do you want to hear it? Chason's going to end up uh, spending more time on the first unit. Three left-handed shots in the one-three-one: Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Drysaddle, uh, and then a right-handed shot at the point in, in Barry. And Chason will be the net, pre- a true net presence as a right shot. And then you're going to have Turris and Yamamoto uh, along with. Uh, uh, Neil, uh, and then two defensemen, Nurse and Bear, together on the second power play unit. That's my guess, and the wild card is where does Pulleyarvi fit in in time? So there's there's my explanation on the power play. I think they're going to be hard pressed to get back there, Reed. I got it. It's it's thirty percent. You got to be pretty good, Reed. Well, they were pretty good. I, I just okay, but you wouldn't have thought twenty nine and a half percent last off season. So why not? Like I'm, I know, and look, I know with. The Oilers and the fans, they're, you know, sometimes they're beat down. If you're too optimistic, they get mad at you. But I, that is the one part of the roster I have no doubt about, that the power play is going to be deadly, and I actually think it can be better. I do think they'll be 25% plus. It's just when you're creeping up to 29, 30%, that's all world. That's best in 40 years. And so, uh, you know what? I, I, I like your enthusiasm and uh, your perspective on this, and maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, what do you want for? I, I don't have a very good Oilers trivia question. To, I'm just going to do the college football one. All I right. think you'll like it, though. You like okay. college football trivia. You know, there's a big game tomorrow night, right? Is Alabama playing? They're playing Georgia, number three versus. Oh, that'll two. be good. That's a big game. See, C- I, I, I don't follow it as much as you do. I like that they did the final four now at the end of the season because yep. then there's yep. more than just the one game. The week to week stuff, I, I sooner just would follow the NFL. Than all the college football right now Reed, i'm dying so badly for sports like for me it's college football on saturday and then nfl on you know all day sunday and that monday night game tends to stink they've made them a little better this year so that's good did you watch any of the nba hardly at all once the raptors were out i watched quite a bit of the Ra- i watched yeah. bits and pieces of the final the lakers were just too good i mean miami yeah. couldn't match up yeah, no, it was, i'm wondering whether or not the celtics or toronto might have been a better matchup for uh, the lakers who's who's to say College football bowl games is the topic. Oh, man. Okay. You're going to know it. Who is the winning quarterback in what is known as the chicken soup game? Oh, I was Joe Montana for Notre Dame against the uh, in the Cotton Bowl in 1979. Uh, see, I knew you would know it. The chicken soup game, uh, January 1st, 79. Do you remember who they were playing? Uh, was it Texas. Or it was it was Houston, Houston. Uh, down thirty four twelve. Montana brought him back, three touchdowns in the last eight minutes to win 35-34. Legend goes that uh, 
Montana had hypothermia during the game <laughs> to get IV, eat chicken soup, and come back. I think they played Texas the year before and uh, lit Texas. Uh, Texas had Earl Campbell, the Tyler Rose of Texas. He ended up winning the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, being the Heisman Trophy winner, and he was a really good running back early in his career. He was not explosive, but he was real thick, and like he wasn't as example as as physically gifted as Herschel Walker or Bo Jackson, but Earl Campbell was a pretty special player, and uh, they blew They I remember Notre Dame was... I, Texas turned the ball over like three or four times in the first half. I was like 11 or 12 watching that game, and Notre Dame just smoked them. And uh, by the way, I, I, I grant now Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Yeah. To me, he he passed Montana. That's yeah. how highly rated I had Montana. Absolutely. Oh, you actually agree with that? I wasn't sure if you would or not. No, no I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. How do you not? The guy's won six Super Bowls. How do you? Yeah, all day for sure. No, but I say that Montana is now. I, I I had Montana at number one before Brady passed him. That's you, yeah. You, uh, okay. Yeah, and I've got Brady at number one and Montana at number two in basketball. I still think Michael Jordan. Uh, and it's 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 tough to, and I'm not disrespect. You know what I like? By the way, did you ever see Michael Jordan's response when he was asked, "Are you the greatest of all time?" He's like, "Well, how can you say that? What about Oscar Robertson? What about Jerry West? You know, what about these guys?" And that's Michael Jordan saying that, and it just said everything to me. I, to me, Michael Jordan still is the best basketball player of all time. I'd probably say LeBron's number two, but in my lifetime, those have been the two best guys that I've watched. Had Jeff Perlman on the show last night, Bob. He's got a book about the Shaq and Kobe Lakers three-ring circus out now. I love reading Jeff's stuff. Uh, I know you've yeah. read some or all the books. Uh, he has Jordan above LeBron, but he says he thinks Kareem's the best all time. There you go. Well, and the thing about Which is my- interesting. Yeah, and again, Michael Jordan would not. You know what? I've I've been privileged enough to have this conversation with Wayne Gretzky in hockey. He's never once referred to himself as the greatest of all time. He has more assists than anybody else has points. But he would never say he's the greatest of all time. Tells you a lot, doesn't it, about a guy's personality. Bob, you were the greatest guest this half hour, buddy. We'll do this again soon. Reed, I always say if you're stuck and can't get anybody... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Better reach out. (laughs) There we go. That is Bob Stoffer, Oilers Now host, noon to two every day here on 630 Chet. Bob and I were talking about no U sports this season, at least no national championships, no Canada West. Vic says, Reed, I was saddened by that segment. The kids I coach have hope of university play, and if that goes away, it would be a great loss. The Big L says, my wife and I are U of A alumni. Youth sports matters so much. It's an incredibly important link in the chain from grade school to the adult world, like so many parents in a similar situation. And we have two post-secondary youth, so this really breaks my heart. Such an important stage of their lives, deeply disrupted. Well, hopefully youth sports is back strong one year from now. We get a break for the news. Uh, talk a little bit more about the Oilers power play, and we will have a more youth sports chat, too. 
The uh, U of A was supposed to host wrestling nationals at the uh, end of February. We'll catch up with Owen Dawkins, the wrestling coach at the U of A, former wrestler with the program. Interesting guy. He's coming up. Before. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Great. Rays two. It's in the top of the eighth, so Houston looking to force game seven in the ALCS. Top of the second inning in the National League series, and it is one nothing for Atlanta. That is game five. If Atlanta wins, they win the series. You can text 780-496-0063. Jason says, I don't really watch basketball, but it's my understanding the biggest separation in career accolades between MJ and LeBron is the scoring titles. 10 for, 10 for MJ, 1 for LeBron. That's a fair point, Jason. It's like LeBron's pretty darn good, though. Just an all-round player, still scores a ton. And probably a couple of his teams, he hasn't had quite the supporting cast that, that Jordan did, though Jordan certainly elevated some players who uh, probably wouldn't have won without him on the roster. It's 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 a fun debate. I've kind of gone back and forth, to be honest with you, but I think you got to settle on Jordan. Uh, that was uh, Dave Leppard requesting a Van Halen song. That was Jump. Also got a text here from uh, the Axeman who says the anger at the Astros is compounded by A, they won the World Series in 2017 while cheating, and B, no players were punished due to Major League Baseball immunity agreement. Yeah, what, I guess the manager and the general manager got in trouble and then got fired. Uh, Who was it? Um, Was it Cora that went to Boston after being the bench coach for the Astros? I'm trying to remember this on the fly, and I think he got fired by the Red Sox. That that's like that's a really big scandal. I'm trying to think if there's a hockey equivalent. I mean, coaches can watch the other team's morning skates. I guess maybe if you actually had a, a camera inside the other team's room to see their line combos or face-off plays or something like that. But uh, yeah, a unique situation in baseball for sure. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, the number to call or text. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Great to have Bob on the show. Don't forget at this time on Monday, the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic and Morley Scott. We'll still be talking football, talking to some CFL players and coaches throughout the fall. We had Zach Kalaros on the show last night, the reigning Great Cup champion quarterback from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You miss that. You miss anything else on the show sign up for the inside sports podcast you do get an inside sports canned ham delivered to your door when you sign up for the podcast and uh or you can just go to the 630 ched internet page who, who calls it an internet page like what 
It's like, it's like I just traveled forward in time from the 1880s. You got an internet page? Uh, anyway. Uh, what was I saying, Kellen? Oh, yeah, you can go to 630shed.com, the Inside Sports webpage. I believe that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And listen to audio from past shows there. And tonight's show, if you miss anything. This texture says the Maple Leafs signed Joe Thornton today to provide some leadership in the dressing room. These are the type of guys that the Oilers need if they are going to get any place. However, this probably uh, wouldn't go over good with the Oilers because Connor McDavid would be intimidated by him. Uh, I agree with the first part of your uh, thought that veteran leadership can't help. I don't think Connor McDavid would be intimidated by Joe Thornton or any other potential veteran players coming into the dressing room. That is uh, that is my response to that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, maybe that person's joking. I'll tell you what. I I truly believe the Oilers' power play can be better than last year. They played seventy one games. They had exactly two hundred power play opportunities. They scored fifty nine goals for twenty nine and a half percent. They're likely going to have a 60-game season. Could they score 59 goals again? But they'd probably have fewer opportunities because they'd only play 60 games and get above 30%. I truly think they could. I yeah, I, Look, I threw out 35 last week. I was a little giddy, but I think they can be over 30. You have McDavid, you have Dreisaitl, you have Nugent Hopkins, Chase on, as Bob was saying, is probably going to be the net front guy. He chips in a little bit. He can retrieve pucks and play strong down low. And then you got Barry, who is going to be better on the power play than Clefbaum. And not that Clefbaum was deficient or anything like that on the power play, but I think he's a better finisher. He'll pound away more shots, and he's a right shot back there to complement maybe a couple of guys on the left side feeding him for one-timers. So that's why I'm so bullish on that. Uh, again, if I'm wrong, I will feel shame and mock myself relentlessly. Sound fair, Kellen? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Kellen's just rolling with it. Kellen's like, it's Friday night. Let's get this dog back in the barn. (laughs) Assuming that you have a dog that sleeps in the barn. I mean, you know, you talk about it and that stuff. I I might take the other side of the spectrum though reed i don't think it'll be as good i think it might be in the neighborhood but i don't think they'll match the numbers exactly or exceed them from this okay well here's to counter my own argument if if you're planning to play the oilers you're mostly trying to counteract the power play because as bob said and as we've all said throughout last year right they uh weren't uh, they weren't very good five on five. Now, if they get better uh, five on five, then they're going to give other teams more to worry about. Or maybe Tourist makes a difference. Maybe Pulley Harvey makes a difference. On and on we go. But right now, if you're game planning for the Oilers, you put most of the energy into stopping the power play. So maybe opponents are going to figure some things out. And maybe if they're only playing the six other Canadian teams over and over again, it gets easier to work on stuff and counteract the Oilers' power play. Mm. But having said that, the Oilers' power play was what teams were game planning against last year, and the Oilers were still pretty productive. And even in the playoffs, where the, nothing really went very well against Chicago, they still cashed in a few power play goals. So, you know, that's why I think they can repeat it. 
Uh, Vic says the Leafs are where old players go to fulfill their childhood dream of playing one year and done just to say that they did it. Vic referring to Joe Thornton signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right. It is 742. Uh, I'll be pleased to welcome this guy to the show when we get back. The head coach of the wrestling team at the U of A, Owen Dawkins. Still 7-2, Houston leading Tampa Bay. They're in the bottom of the eighth, and the Dodgers trail the Braves 1-0 Atlanta batting in the bottom of the second. That is your baseball update. One of the big stories this week, U Sports calling off all the national championships they were hoping to hold after Christmas. So no University Cup in hockey, uh, no basketball, no volleyball national championships, no wrestling national championship, which was going to be held at the U of A in late February. Owen Dawkins is the head coach of the University of Alberta wrestling team. Owen, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, as you can be in a pandemic and uh, not much to do varsity wise, except for train. So I'm doing great. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on. And tough news, obviously, with U Sports canceling nationals. Look, I'm just wondering your reaction and your sort of journey through the last couple of months. I, did you think this might be possible that nationals might be taken away? Or, or how is your mindset with all this? You know what? It was, uh, I, I sort of held out hope for a small, you know, chance that it might happen i mean at the same time we're living in a pandemic you know everything changes by the minute so much so I, at the same time i i sort of expected either news we we're going to get i am more so um concerned for the athletes obviously because you know it's a roller coaster this is what they do a lot of them have moved here because of sports you know so now the task is to keep them motivated for the next little while and hoping in a short time we'll wrestle again so what happens now? Can you guys keep training? Are there ways to find some competitions? Tell everybody what's going on. Well, for us, we're going to keep training. We've been training with the plan of we sort of looked at the pandemic as a blessing in disguise for us. We've basically, this over this last year, we've had the best recruiting class we've had in 11 years. So we've looked at it, hey, if we get extra time to prep to try to win a national championship at home in 2022, then it's a blessing in disguise for us. I think we would have hoped to compete, but right now we're just going to continue on the same road we've been continuing, and that is um, development and get ourselves ready for 2021-22 season. So wrestling is a sport where there's it's impossible to physically distance uh so have there been restrictions modifications you've had to make along the way or what are you doing to to keep everybody safe we're using the face mask the entire time it's hard (laughs) it's difficult but we're using the face mask and because you know as athletes we learn to adapt and wrestlers we are very adaptable and we've just you know nobody likes using the face mask but we just still use it and it's what we have to do so if it means that we have to be just um uncomfortable for a short period of time then so be it all right Owen Dawkins joining us tonight at Inside Sports, head coach for the uh, U of A wrestling program. T- tell me what it's it's been like for you coaching at the school where you are also uh, an athlete. Is this kind of uh, you know a full circle type the journey type type you or how does it feel? 
You know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. It's a complete uh, full circle. It's, you know, it's exciting. It's, um, it's nice to walk in the room and see, you know, I spent so many years as an athlete in that room and now as a coach and we're helping to develop the next round of athletes that one day will come back. You know, I bring my son and my daughter into the room, you know, when I can and just to say, hey, there's dad on the wall or, you know, it's a pretty surreal, it's an amazing feeling. And at the end of the day, I get to do what I love and I love coaching, I love motivating and I love teaching. So you couldn't ask for a better job, even though it's in a pandemic. Where do you get the athletes? Are there high schools or wrestling clubs across the country that are sort of hotbeds to to develop wrestlers, or where do you find your athletes? You know, over the years, we've recruited a lot of athletes from B.C., from Ontario. I've had a few Americans on my team right now. I have a gentleman from North Carolina, and I have, uh, you know, two gentlemen from North Carolina. And uh, we had another young man that was supposed to come from Houston this year, but he couldn't get here because of... Um, travel restrictions through the United States, but we've, we're a, a pretty well-rounded team from all over Canada. As I said previously, it's it's taken us about 10 years, but we've now built a, a pretty good stable of athletes that are just coming out of our junior program. For example, this year, I think we had nine uh, university-ready athletes that came out of our Edmonton Wrestling Club, and that group is instrumental in helping us build a program for the future. Awesome. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your journey too, because you were you not born in Jamaica and moved to Canada when you were a kid? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's been a long journey. I actually was born in uh, Jamaica a long, long time ago. I moved to Ontario uh, to be with my parents because they came up prior. I graduated from White Oaks High School. Actually, went out to after high school was done. I went out to to Burnaby Mountain, wrestled for Douglas College, got my grades as up so I could apply for university. Uh, wrestled at univer- at Simon Fraser University. You know, however, academics and I at that time weren't best friends. I ended up not doing so well in university. Had to transfer out of there. Went to Manitoba for two years. Got my grades up to a level where I could actually transfer to U of A, and that's where my journey, I guess. I'd say start and ended, you know, as an athlete and started as a coach, you know. So for me, they many have said I'm one of the most traveled wrestlers around. I basically, my goal was to graduate, and I would go at any lengths to get that, you know, and I, that's what I did. I mean, I failed along the way a few times, but it's, you know, wrestling, I think, has helped me step up every time and sort of keep going. And then at the end of the day, I graduated with a, education degree, taught high school for a little bit, then um, had the chance in 2005 to become the head coach of Lakehead University in Thunder Bay, coached there for four years, and um, I think we did fairly well. We should have won a national championship. We lost by one point, and then in 2009, I had the chance to come back here, you know, and I jumped at the chance because if you get a chance to come back home, say it's a great feeling and here i am today (laughs) well and as a coach you have to show leadership and it's been an interesting time for that discussion and and i know you spoke to uh to jerry modijong with the sun a few weeks ago you know there's so much talk about racism racial uh, equality racial injustice and you know what it's it's, as a guy who hosts a sports show owen i i do have listeners who say i don't want to hear about that i don't think athletes should have an opinion on that i don't like what matt dumba did or whatever they 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 don't want that to cross over with sports but i i have a different opinion 
give me your take. Um, why why is it important for athletes to weigh in if they feel comfortable doing it? Many many athletes where we're leaders in our communities. You know, we're leaders in school, and a lot of people look up to us. So if we can use our platform to make a change or to sort of show injustice in any way we can, I think it's our duty. Because a lot of us, you know, whether it's being scholarship or opportunities that we've got along the way where many people didn't get that chance. And I think for us as athletes, coaches, I, I do think it's our duty to point out injustice and to, to make sure, and I mean, I use the term um, equality, and I, I think it's almost a bad word. It's, it's, I now started using the word equity, you know, and make sure that everyone gets the chance to be able to have the same, the same chances. And I think uh, we always say, oh, everyone's equal, everyone's equal. We're not equal. We're not. And I think we've got to find a way to be equitable. And I think that's the, that's my word that I'm using from now on. It's the equitable part. Because I think it's easy to say we're all equal. There's no racism, but there's tons. There's tons. I, I see it every day. You know, I just hope my children don't have to experience the way I did. But I think um, as an athlete, it's important that we use our, our platform to sort of, you know, obviously it, people are listening, you know, and a lot of people watch sports, and I think if we, the athletes can step forward and say, hey, this is what I stand for, you know, it'll go a long way. And, I mean, it's the young, it's the young future athletes that we're going to change their mind. It's not the people my age. They're pretty set. It's the young athletes that are coming up to – it's the ones – they're the ones going to carry the mantle. And I think for me last summer, as I've said, it, it, it was bittersweet. It was hard to rehash all of the things that were going on, but at the same time, I saw a different crowd making the fight. I saw black, brown, every color of the rainbow was there fighting. And I think there's hope. There's hope, and I feel really good about it. Owen, appreciate your perspective. Thanks for that. And, again, we'll keep in touch about uh, about the wrestling program. Uh, I know you guys are going to keep working hard, even though nationals have been taken away. Really appreciate it, Owen. You're welcome, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, good stuff there from Owen Dawkins, head coach of the University of Alberta wrestling program. A pretty interesting personal story, too. Nice to have him on the show. Okay, uh, Ed Hervey, by the way, uh, resigning as the general manager of the BC Lions, citing personal reasons. Final look at the scoreboard. Now 7-4 for the Astros, leading Tampa Bay in the top of the ninth, bottom of the second, Braves up 2-0 on the Dodgers. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, our studio operator this evening. Thanks to you for tuning in. Oh, my God, the hobo is on the prowl. Hide your valuables, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.